Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, Castle Rock fans? The search for Ace is on, Joy takes matters into her own hands, and we get a nice flashback as to how Abdi and Nadia ended up with Pop. And that's not even a fraction of what we have to cover, so don't go anywhere. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, Hello, all of you Castle Rock fans. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Castle Rock After Show here on After Buzz TV. I'm Veronica Valencia, and joining me is Katie Kawamoto. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Where this is a little special episode because we're covering both episodes two and three. We're obviously in episode two going to be talking about everyone searching for A's as well as Pop his and his relationship with his nephews as well as his adopted children. And then we're going to go into episode three and talk about Joy kind of being a little independent, taking matters into her own hands, as well as Ace is alive. What are these hallucinations that Annie is seeing? Did Dr. Ace switch her meds? That's something that we're going to talk about. We also have some news, as well as we're going to go on a hunt. What What do you mean by that? We're going to go on an Easter egg hunt. But before we get into any of that, let's cover episode two first, New Jerusalem. Katie, what were your overall thoughts on episode two? Uh, at first, it kind of had like that slow pace again that we got last season but after that I was like okay they're definitely escalating this story in a much faster way than I felt they did last season so oh, I yeah. was like okay we're good I'm involved in this and of course where I was wondering where's Ace and so the whole time you're like kind of have that cliffhanger feel but I thought it was a really good episode really it, it held my attention so I enjoyed it a lot so for sure I agree with you in that you know last season it was great but it was slow especially in the beginning and I feel like this episode is, or rather this season so far, is a little bit more edge of your seat kind of like yeah. being able to grasp you because it's coming at you from a different theme. Like this, Katie, you were mentioning behind the scenes, this has very American horror story yeah. vibes. You know, this is a little bit more slashery. It's a little bit like murder mystery kind of. Whereas season one, I felt was a little bit more supernatural, a little bit more sci-fi. Yeah. So I think this one is kind of, you know, keeping you on the edge of your seat with like, oh, you know, people are going missing and then people are dead, but then they're coming back alive. Like, what's going on? So I think that definitely just that enough itself kind of keeps you grasped. Yeah. But I really liked this episode because it really highlighted Pop and kind of developed his character a little bit. And I find him incredibly intriguing because in this town, you know, even with Joy and Annie being outsiders, everybody kind of seems like on the edge or like everybody has their issues aside from maybe like Nadia, who's, you know, just a doctor trying to go do good. And so it was kind of nice to see like, oh, you know, there's substance behind him he kind of cares about his family so what what were your kind of initial thoughts on this episode in terms of it kind of highlighting pop like what do you think of his character so since this episode i mean i i really like his character because you're there's so many complex little aspects to his life i mean you're seeing he has his kids that he fostered and then you ha- he has kids that his other kids and it's kind of or his nephews i should say and so you're kind of like how did this all happen? Where did this start? This is kind of like a 
something you don't wouldn't normally expect like a man to do so it was kind of there's just so much that you're like why is he this way and why Mm -hmm. is his nephew's relationship with him the way it is so it is intriguing to me Mm-hmm. And the fact that everybody calls him Pop. I mean, usually if some everybody calls someone something like that, it's like an in term of endearment or respect. I mean, they wouldn't call someone Pop if they didn't like him, I don't think. For sure. So, yeah. yeah. I think it was really intriguing to see more of his character because there is that stereotype in, you know, television or media in general where you have someone like Pop who is a person who owns a lot of property. You kind of... We kind of see that person the way we saw Ace, which, you know, was arrogant, entitled, and that's just not Pop at all. From what you gather in this episode, he is a very well-respected man around town from what it seems like, and he has a really good heart. Uh, from, from what it seems like, you can tell that he really cares about Nadia, like, even though Ace is a... Fair to say, he's a bad seed. Yeah. Even though, you know, Ace has these issues, you can tell that he still cares about him despite his flaws. So that was really nice to kind of see uh, this man with so much heart. So, you know, and kind of speaking about, uh, you know, his heart, I kind of want to talk about his relationship with his foster children first as well. So Nadia and Abdi. Did you enjoy kind of seeing these flashbacks like did you think we were going to get them this soon or do you think we were going to get them later or at all i think i expected flashbacks for pretty much all the characters i mean we saw annie's in the first episode Mm -hmm. so i think you can kind of expect it because there is all this story like the backstory is creating the characters that you learn about later on and so you kind of need some of that to establish the characters so i i don't think it was unexpected at all i definitely expected to see it i just didn't know if i expected to see quite as much because I wasn't sure how center centric to the story they were going to be because mm-hmm. you know it's you you know the focus is going to be on Annie but they also are sharing it pretty evenly it seems like with these other characters as well and I think that's the thing that surprised me more mm-hmm. so I really liked the first flashback where we kind of see how Nadia and Abdi kind of ended up in Castle Rock to begin with. You know, they have all these refugees who are trying to, you know, find a place to lay their their feet, basically. And Pop is the first person, really, to kind of speak up and offer his businesses as places for them to work, as places for them to sleep and to stay while they get kind of, you know, back up and going. And we see Nadia and Abdi, and he wants to foster them specifically. And he even, like, gives them a milkshake. But then this is where we also see how Ace probably starts to have some resentment, resentment toward yeah. toward them, yeah. Which I think is the right word to use, resentment, because he says, like, well, where's my my, my milkshake? Yeah. Do you think, now this is just curious, and yeah. do you think that Ace was always someone kind of with a harder exterior, someone who always kind of had, like, a, a harsh attitude? Or do you think this attitude really is just a built up of resentment towards how the difference of how he was treated as opposed to how Pop treated Nadia and Abdi? I mean, I think it's maybe a little bit of both, because you know that from when he's re like later on, like they're always they don't have a good relationship, Abdi and Nadia and him. So I think part of it is that's probably what they're trying to show in this episode mm-hmm. is that clearly he's not a fan of it. So it's kind of like I think it's like a little bit of both because I feel like it's how you're treated as an individual child, but also 
growing up and as well too like how his dad treated him growing up as a specific person too yeah probably is the same thing what I was saying but I said it differently both times but yeah so I think he always kind of had this harder exterior but I think definitely when Nadia and Abdi came into the picture I felt like he really probably felt he was thrown to the curb like Pop didn't care about him or Pop wasn't showing, extending to him the same type of affection he was uh, extending to the other kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that really did affect him growing up, especially because uh, Pop is his uncle. So he doesn't have parents to begin with. And then the one parent figure that he has is not giving him the kind of love and attention he needed growing up. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Yeah. that's always going to like harden someone a little bit. Yeah. You know, kind of make them have like a fend for themselves mentality anytime that that's kind of how someone's being treated so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and so at this point he's just fostering them and then we flash forward to 2014 where he has a meeting with abdi and he kind of wants to fully adopt them do you uh did you find it kind of like huh at first when you know he wants to talk about adopting abdi but abdi is already an adult basically yeah Yeah, it was really odd i was thrown back by that i was like you and I, he even mentions it, I believe, saying, I know you are an adult, because you just don't really, I don't think you really hear, I mean, I've never heard of an example of an adult being adopted, mm-hmm. unless it was, like, um, their mom, like, got remarried to someone, and then yeah. that guy adopted them, but I've never heard of an adult getting adopted. But then in the reason, his reasoning for do it, doing it made sense, because he's like, I want to give you this, can't really do it if you're not legally my son yeah and then i believe ace heard that conversation right we Mm -hmm. saw him in the corner like what being creepy yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's really good at being creepy so but yeah Yeah. so it was a little yeah i did not ever i thought it was peculiar too because i figured i figured it would have happened when they were much younger and that Mm -hmm. would make a lot of sense um because yeah by the time that you're an adult you kind of already have a mind of your own But I guess he, you know, like you were saying, Katie, he wanted to extend even more gratitude to Abdi, and that was really the only way he could do it, was by that means of adoption. Do you think, now, part of that, do you think might be because he didn't think he wanted to leave it to his nephews? Like, maybe he thought they'd be, Abdi would be a better match for it? Do you think that that might have been why he did it? I have a theory about this. I think that... And here's here's the thing. I do believe that Pop has a good heart. But I think when it comes to Nadia and Abdi, I think he has a sin that he is trying to repent for. And that kind of comes with the flashbacks that we see yeah. later when he's basically interrogating Abdi. And the reason I say that is because I think it's safe to say, you know, Pop was in the army. Mm-hmm. I think whatever battle or war that they were having in that, in the the in I think it was Somalia mm-hmm. it was the battle or the war that Pop was a part of and I personally think that he killed their mom during that war and I think he knows that and I truly think that he takes he's taking them in to try and repent for that sin to try and make up and I think that's why he wants to extend all this affection or all this gratitude toward those two and why he wants to give Abdi the mall because I think in his mind this is him uh paying for his crime this is him trying to make up for that crime for a debt that or he thinks he owes this debt yeah Yeah. exactly and that kind of it it kind of makes sense because you know Abdi even says like oh I know the truth about you but I don't want Nadia to find out yeah and And I yeah you're just like what's the truth 
what's he know? Because as soon as he said that, I'm like, what's he not telling Nadia? Yeah. Because clearly one of the half of them knows. So what's what is it? That was I think I focused on that and I was like, what is it? What is it? What is mm-hmm. it? For a solid yeah. minute there. That's what I think it is because you know Nadia really looks up to him and really cares about him as a father figure. And I think had she known that he is possibly responsible for her their parents' death, I think that would destroy her. And you can tell that Abdi really cares about his sister and doesn't want her to be hurt. Yeah. So I can tell that that's probably why he's, like, maybe holding it over Pop. And mm-hmm. that's another thing. Like, Pop's just trying to throw things at Abby, satis- uh, Abdi to satisfy him, too. So maybe it's a mixture of, you know, repaying paying his debt forward, but also, you know keeping his secrets so that he doesn't lose his relationship with Nadia. Yeah, because we know he cares greatly, that they both care greatly about Nadia. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Uh, let's kind of go into Ace for a minute, because, you know, he's missing, and everyone is trying to find him. Like, where's Ace? Where's Ace? And this is where we also kind of see his brother. And yeah. his brother, who came across in the first episode, as you know, kind of... Uh, more mild-mannered, a little bit nicer, <laughs> a little bit more mature, is really angry. Yeah. Because I guess Ace is very... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, when he doesn't, like, show up to wherever he yeah. Was, yeah. It's not... I think it's not like him to... Was it because it's not like him or... I don't... I don't I remember. Yeah, he was... Yeah, he just... The brothers have some other issues The, the as brothers well. also <laughs> yeah. have issues, yeah. yeah. But this was also a very interesting sight to see, and he even goes to his apartment, and dog's intuition, man. Dog's intuition. Dog knows something's up, that's dog, for sure. The dog knows something's up, and it's also, you know, a person's intuition to just be like, hmm, this dog is up to something, because they kept barking at Annie's house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone thinks it's suspicious because he's missing, but his phone is at his house, his truck is at his house. So it's like, it makes sense that if he set the house on fire that he would be missing after that, yeah. but it doesn't make sense that he would just leave everything. Nope, not at all. Uh, and it's like, you know people are genuinely wanting to know where he's at. Like certain people, like his dad and his brother, of course. But I feel mm-hmm. like the rest of the town was, like, when he went, when they were going around questioning everybody at the mall, they were like, no, we haven't seen him. They didn't really seem sad that he was gone. Like, they yeah. kind of were just like, nope, haven't seen him, but they didn't seem phased that he was Oh, no, him. I don't think anyone <laughs> is really, besides maybe Pop, yeah. I don't think anyone is really sad that Ace is missing. Yeah. I think it's relief and anger. Yeah. Relief to the tenants of the mall because he was a very threatening person, and anger to his brother who you know probably always has to pick up his dirty laundry yeah. uh that's just an assumption we haven't really seen that yet but i think it's fair to say yeah um and through you know kind of ace being missing again we kind of see more of the relationships of their siblings and this is where we see chris who like we said is very angry wants to put ace away and we see this moment this almost tension between him and nadia mm-hmm. do you think there was a romantic relationship with them growing up, and maybe that even further uh, harbored that that even that further kind of made Ace resent his entire family more. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I didn't pick up on that. I got that I he can, obviously yeah. doesn't have the resentment toward her that their his brother does. But I, I mean, that may have just been me being clueless. But I did not. 
I did not get those vibes at all. I just kind of thought that he was more kind-spirited than his brother was. Mm. Oh, he's so, definitely more yeah. kind-spirited. But yeah, for me specifically, I, I picked up on some kind of romantic ten romantic tension. Now, I don't know if it was ever something that they pursued and then stopped because they were like, hey, we're kind of, we're not blood-related, but, you know, we do live under the same roof. We are family by, you know, we are family basically basically but not related yeah yeah so i don't know if it was ever something that they pursued or if it was just like feelings that they just you know kind of understood but never acted on basically but what do you guys in uh viewing think do you think that there was some tension between chris and nadia uh and also what do you think that Pop is hiding from these two siblings. I want to get your opinion. So definitely, if you're joining us live now, you could definitely tune in in the chat or please leave us a comment on the YouTube video or leave us a review on iTunes. All right. Let's move on to Annie and Joy for this episode. So, yeah. (laughs) I like how... It's, for me, I like how Joy is progressing very quickly. Obviously, in episode yeah. one, she was very, uh, you know, she went along with everything that her mom said. She was kind of delusional, just kind of being lied to. This episode, she's really starting to, you know, figure out, oh, her mom is lying through her teeth about everything. What did you think of Joy this episode? You definitely see her character starting to have this arc that you weren't didn't really get from the first episode, for sure. Um, and then, obviously... You know she's already always had to kind of fend for herself when her mom's working and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I think she's starting to realize. I mean, I don't know if it's the town because obviously Castle Rock, it, it does something to people. But like, yeah, and she just seems to be taking more initiative for her own life than she has previously to this. That I think you know, getting mm-hmm. her own friends, all this different stuff, all plays into that. So um, yeah, plus you know, her mom comes home and she's. Covered, covered in, in blood. blood. I mean, you're gonna question what that. Kid is not gonna question your mom being coming home late at night, and she waited up for her mom. So it's mm-hmm. kind of another show of like a role reversal, kind of. So usually it would be a parent waiting up for a kid, and in this, she was the kid waiting for mm-hmm. her parent. So it's kind of like their roles are kind of switching a little bit. Yeah. So which obviously when we talk about episode three, you'll see mm-hmm. that as well. So yeah, yeah. I just thought it was very funny how. Joy when she was getting stitched up. So obviously we see in this episode Joy fighting back because, you know, after Annie's murder, basically, she's like, we need to leave Castle Rock after basically promising Joy, oh, you know, we can stay here. And we see Joy fighting back on that. You know, she's very angry at her mom. She's like, no, I like it here because she's also starting to develop friends here. So that's probably another reason. And, you know, she takes a tumble, which looked really gross and painful. Um... But what I found, this was comical to me, was when Joy was getting stitched up by uh, Nadia, how Nadia was like, you can tell me anything, it's really confidential, and Joy was basically learning that her mom was lying to her, because yeah. what, what was the lie? Nurse, she says, yeah. nurses have to move around a lot to keep their practice. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, that's what her mom told her? That's a little weird. Maybe, here's... She had no reason to think otherwise. She had no reason. As a viewer, we hear that and we're like, wow, that's a very strange lie. Maybe when I'm a little kid, I wouldn't question it. But as we get older and I realize we're still moving around, I feel like I would Google it. Yeah, but But, then again, they had this no internet rule, so she couldn't. Yeah, she was... 
Yeah, she was very sheltered, so it kind of made sense that she went along with it. You know, this yeah. this relationship, not to stray too far away, but this relationship kind of reminds me of the relationship slightly of the relationship of the act, which was um, Gypsy Blanchard. It's also okay, a series gotcha. on Hulu. Yeah. And basically what that relationship was, was the, the girl believed every single lie her mom told her because she didn't know otherwise. And I feel yeah. like that was joy her entire life. But, you know, as she's starting to be around other people, I think, you know, she's coming out of it a little bit quicker and, oh, these are lies and I need to start thinking for myself or standing up for myself, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought that was funny. And I I also just thought it was funny, like, her Googling yeah. everything. And she picked up how to use a phone really quickly and the concepts of the internet. Not that that's hard to learn, but I was still kind of like... Obviously, her friends yeah. probably gave her a rundown on, like, how to use her phone. But, um, yeah. But on one other thing was, you know, when we're talking about... Um, Annie is, do you think that she's, half of what she says is true mixed with half that's not true? Because, like, when she was talking to Pop, half of it was true, half of it was not. So do you think what she tells Joy is, like, not the whole truth, but it's partially true? I think it's partially true. I think she tells Joy how she feels, what she really thinks is true, but it just comes out, like, the other half of it is a lie to keep her safe. Yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's partially true in that sense. Also, do you think she knows their real name? Like, do you think she knows Annie's real name? Because she was trying to Google Annie. I don't think she does. I think she legit thinks that's her name, which is kind of sad that she doesn't know that that's not true. Because I was, because I noticed that she was trying to Google search her mom, her mom. Yeah. and if she had Google searched like her mom's real name, she, she would have found s- out. She would have found out about the murder all those years ago. But yeah. she must be have her mom must must not even have given her the real name. So she's really keeping this in hiding. Yeah. Um. But yeah, kind of going off what you were saying too, touching upon that real quick of how Annie basically tells Pop this lie, which is, like, she she starts off by telling the truth, like, yeah, he was threatening us, basically telling him everything that he knew, already knew about his son, yeah. but then accusing Abdi, which, again, you know, shows, although Ace might have his faults, that's still blood, that's still family right there, and Pop is going to do what he needs to do in order to, you know, make things right, and he, like, kidnaps Abdi? Yeah, I, that whole, that was a whole weird like point in the story like I was like yeah. oh she's just gonna blame it on him I I thought right. that yeah I thought that Abdi was gonna die I thought like the because the dog was going crazy I thought this was gonna be like Cujo and yeah <laughs> I wonder if that was like a little reference every time I see a dog in this series I always think Cujo and I don't think I'm alone on that so that's an unintentional easter egg yeah maybe we'll see we'll see we'll guess, see right? we'll see we'll see when we get to easter yeah. eggs at the at the very end yeah. real quickly because this this was briefly touched upon but not very expanded it was more so in episode three marston house which is where annie ends up yeah uh she doesn't explore too much there we just kind of see that it's this house lingering over salem's lot but we know something's up with this house because hassan i think is his name basically the Abdi's worker. co-worker. Abdi's yeah. co-worker, yeah. Goes there and dies. Yes. Yeah. So we know 
something's up. This house is haunted. Yeah. This house is very much the like... The town is, is yeah. haunted, yeah. Yeah. Or something's going on, yeah. Something's going on. And so we just basically kind of see, like, yeah, he's dead, someone killed him, but who is that someone? We don't know. And this is kind of what I was saying of, like, hmm, this season is turning out to be, like, more murder mystery yeah. as opposed to sci-fi supernatural from what it seems. Yes, correct. Any final thoughts on episode two, Katie? Um, Just the fact that she wasn't phased by all these dead bodies when she was in the hole. I like, feel like she s- has so many hallucinations. I don't even know, know it was real. I don't even know if she thinks That's it was valid. real. Okay. Yeah. That's valid. And mm-hmm. I have more thoughts about that in Easter eggs, but we'll but yeah. we'll move on to episode. All right, guys. We are going to move on to episode three now. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. You know, here at After Buzz TV, we are able to cover so many things. But in order for us to continue to be the ESPN of TV talk, uh, Katie and I are asking that you please subscribe to our channel like this video give it a thumbs up and if you're listening to us on itunes give us a five-star review because you know one through four obviously don't work in castle rock obviously (laughs) and uh but wherever you are you know stay involved in the conversation katie and i really enjoy talking about the show it's very different from the first season so there is so much to talk about there is so much to pull from stephen king's works it really is a page turner it gives us a lot of ideas so please you know if you're tuning in live on youtube talk with us in the chat i just want to give a quick shout out to Lieutenant Blanco, hello. Thank you so much for joining us in the chat. But if you're not able to tune in live with us, leave us a comment. Give us, Leave us a comment on YouTube or iTunes. We love to hear your thoughts and see what you're thinking about this season so far, you know? Yeah, and if we can, we'll try to respond to those as well. Yeah, for sure. All right. Episode three. Oh, episode three kind of deals a lot with like Joy and Annie. We're going to talk about them. We're going to talk a little bit about Nadia and Abdi's relationship because we see a little bit more of that. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to be talking about these quote unquote hallucinations because, spoiler alert, Ace is back. What? Yeah. Uh, so, Katie, what were your initial thoughts on episode three? Uh, episode three was just a overload of thoughts because. You know, you're seeing this, like, super intense episode where literally Joy has basically had to stop her her mom. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, they've talked, like, they've talked about this. So I was just very, like, this went from, like, zero to 60 really fast. And so I was, like, yeah. hyped. Most of the episode, you're, you're, I was on my edge of my seat, like, what's next? What's next? What's next? So mm-hmm. I, I think this was probably my favorite episode we've seen so far. Yeah. Of the first three. Mm-hmm. So. I think this episode, yeah, was very intense because this episode kind of opens up a lot of the questions, uh, especially with Ace coming back. Because at first you think, oh yeah, maybe Annie is hallucinating because we know she suffers from that and that's why she has such a, a you know, quote-unquote recipe that's supposed to keep these voices away. But then we find out that other people like Pop can see Ace and so it opens this question of what's going on. Once again, it opens the mystery of Marson House and what's happening there because people are going in uh, alive and coming out dead, basically. So this episode was very interesting and I did like to see more of Joy and Annie. And I kind of really... It's it's weird to say, but I really liked seeing Annie in this weird state because, you know, she was more or less sane or, you know, keeping, you know, being normal. Yeah. Keep, 
keeping the voices at bay, but now we're seeing like just how bad these hallucinations are and why she has spent so many years making sure she has uh, her medicine. So real quick, let's talk about Joy and Annie because, you know, like I said, this episode we see more of Joy being independent. You know, she hangs out with Chance. She gets to be in the lake. She feels liberated because she gets to curse now. I know, yeah. That was funny. That was a really fun light, kind of a more light scene in, mm-hmm. this, in the episodes that we've seen that you're like, oh, okay, kids are being kids. They're yeah. rebelling. They're doing their own thing. And it was kind of nice to break up the intensity that was in this episode in particular. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think she's finally realizing the life she can have without her mom always holding her back. Yeah. So, And it, it was interesting to see too because even though she is realizing that her mom is very strict with her and she's been sheltered her entire life, I like that from what it seems like that these group of friends that she's made is not pressuring her too much. Yeah. Like, and I like that maybe Joy still does have respect for her mom. She realizes her mom is a little too intense, but there still is a level of respect. It's not with, like, a uh, the flick of a switch that she's like, my mom's crazy, I can't deal with her anymore. There's still a sense of care for there, but she's trying to live her life as a normal teenager now. And I also like the fact that she probably had no idea that those were pop brownies. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know if she did. I think... Oh, she, she, I, she totally did she, not. Yeah, because they were like, oh... Like, the, the I think it was Chance got a little worried. They're like, there wasn't that much. There wasn't that much in them. Mm-hmm. Like, she was, like, worried for her. Or like, oh, no. Like, how messed up is she right now? So, I yeah. mean, yeah. Yeah. So, she's just kind of, like, trusting her friends, which is possibly going to be bad in the future. I don't know. I don't, I feel like she's trusting them too easily. I can see that she's maybe trusting them too easily because she doesn't know how to act otherwise. Yeah. She's very, she's... Very naive because she doesn't have. She's never really had relationships with anybody yeah. else. I wonder though when she, when they briefly mentioned that Chance was emancipated. Do you think that's kind of a hint of the road that Joy is going to try and go down if she continues to see Annie the way we saw her this episode? That's a good. That's a good question because, like, if that conversation had to have been there for a reason. So I feel like, why would they put it in there if it wasn't going to be something that might happen later on? But I didn't think about when I was watching it. But yeah, given what happens later on in the episode, I would definitely see her eventually being like, I need to get away from this. I can't be in this environment anymore. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a really good observation I didn't didn't even think about. And then something else too. So Joy obviously goes into the lake to retrieve their paddle. Do you think, now, granted, I don't know what their life was like growing up. I don't know if she was ever near a forest or a lake or a swimming pool or what have you. So maybe it was even shocking to know that she could swim. But do you think there was some kind of connection in that scene? Because a part of me thinks there's something different about Joy. Not just the fact that, you know, she grew up very sheltered. But I think there's something special about her, given Annie's flashback of, like, how she took a baby out of a box, you know? Yeah. So I'm wondering if there was some kind of connection with the water and Joy. I don't know if you have any thoughts or if you got that kind of vibe. I don't really think... I did think, oh, okay, she knows how to swim. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I, I didn't really think too much more of it. But I was like, okay... Her mom may have made her learn how to swim because that's just how her mom is and she wants yeah. to protect her daughter. But that was the only thing I thought was, oh, she knows how to swim. Where did she learn how to swim? Yeah. But I didn't think anything more about her past in the sense of that for the most part. Okay. So I guess I'm just not like looking deep into like all the sub messages that could be being said in the show as yeah. much. But <laughs> No, I think that's fine. I think 
I don't know. I think when I'm watching this show, I'm purposely looking to try and find like, oh, is there something hidden there? Because there's so many little hidden Easter eggs that in the first season I never noticed. So I feel like I'm just watching this season differently. I'm 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 searching for there to be like, hmm, what's that? Could it be that? Could it be this? Um, So let's talk about Annie now because as you were mentioning, Kay, we kind of saw the role reversals here of how Joy kind of has to become the mom and Annie has to become uh, the person, the daughter, basically being watched over. What do you think about you know Annie thinking like, oh, my medicine has been mixed up? Do you think that? It has, or do you think that her trauma from killing Ace is just too severe and that's why she's starting to get all these hallucinations? I think it's because the real life thing that happened and is actually true because she is seeing Ace. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard for her because she, in her brain, she's like, I killed him. Why would I be seeing him? So I yeah. think she's thinking they must not be working if she's seeing Ace. When in reality, she really is seeing Ace. Yeah. So I think it's kind of a, a blurred reality at this point. So she she just assumes because she knows her truth. Mm-hmm. So she's just like, I have to be seeing things. That's the only thing, especially because of the tall man. She sees the tall man and all that stuff too. I think because the reality of this whole situation is equal to what's not real in her brain. Yeah. If that if that makes sense, the way I'm wording it. Mm-hmm. So. I think, yeah, I'm starting to wonder, like, she, her truth and what she knows is that she killed Ace. Yeah. However, everyone else thinks that he is alive and he magically showed up. Yeah. But something that even is even more confusing to her, she goes back to where she was trying to bury him and it's like... Cemented over. Where, where's the hole? Yeah. Like, what happened? And I was worrying, I was questioning that in episode two. I was like, isn't anyone going to talk about the fact that there's this big hole in Salem's lot now? But... I don't know, I guess whatever witch magic that they kind of mentioned that they're building over in that Mm -hmm. plot is working its magic, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Joy is basically... Yeah, Joy is basically taking over. She's making Annie take her medicine. And she really wants to know more about her past. She wants to know why they're running. And she wants to know who her dad is. This dad conversation was very interesting because it was weird. Because she was basically saying, oh, your dad is coming for us. And I'm like, are you talking about Ace? Is, like, Ace the dad? Like, obviously I don't think that's true. But that's the only person that she thinks is really coming for her. Or the tall man. But we don't know who that is. What did you think of this kind of whole conversation of how Annie's basically telling her about her past and how she's trying to protect her? And how do you think Joy is receiving it? I think it's kind of like before where I was watching it and I went, is any of this true? Is part of it true? Like, at this point, I don't know what to believe of what Annie says. And I think... That's the, the same place that Joy is. She's like, is that a lie again? I mean, mm-hmm. she later on is like, I don't believe anything you say when she finds out that she wasn't taking her pills. But at this point, I think Annie has the audience fooled, too, to the point where we don't even know what she's saying is true. Because mm-hmm. I just went, hmm, which lie? Which one's the lie? The one yeah. that you originally told her or what you told her, telling her now? Yeah, and I think it's also... Not confusing, but it also makes us question Annie a lot because we still don't know enough about her past to know what she's referring to. Like, someone may be after them in Annie's mind, but we don't know enough about her past to know who that is. And at the very end, maybe we can assume it's the tall man, whoever he is, because he's basically coming to her saying, you have to kill Joy. 
which was an interesting cliffhanger because I'm wondering if all along she knew she had to kill Joy and that's what he was after and that's why she was trying so hard to kind of subdue his presence and her mind. Or I wonder if she is just kind of, like I said, having to do someone's bidding and just kill people. What do you think? I think, I mean, I have a prediction. Have a so prediction? Can, I'll, okay. I'll tell that later. Okay, about great. That. Okay. Right. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about Nadia and Abdi real quick. We yeah. just, it's, it's very brief. We just get an idea of how they are as siblings. You know, she, despite, you know, Abdi having some issues with Pop, he still took him to the hospital because he had a stroke. And you can really see how Abdi looks out for Nadia. Yeah. Um, I mean... Their their relationship, I think, is going to be a super important thing that they're teaching us all this stuff so that later on when something happens, you're kind of like, is he protecting her or is it... I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I think that genuinely, genuinely he and her have a connection, of course. Yeah. And I feel like at the end of the day, Abdi sees it as we're each other's family. Even mm-hmm. though they have, you know, their they dad, have, yeah. I feel like they're the two that are like, for better or for it's us before them kind of mentality. Oh, yeah, for so. sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk about these hallucinations, or at least so people think are hallucinations. So, <laughs> yeah, Ace is back, but he's very different, at least in the eyes of the people that know him. You can tell that although Pop is severely upset that he pulled this little stunt of missing, you can tell that he even says, like, oh, there's something different about you. Why are you talking like that kind of thing? And then we also see when uh, Annie goes back to Marston House, we see, I feel like his name is Hassan, but I am not entirely sure. He's alive now, too. But we saw him get get murdered. So there's something up with this house. Do you have... Any theories of what might be happening? Like, how is Ace back? How are all of these other people back? Uh, clearly, there is some sort of force of nature, either mystical or whatnot, mm-hmm. that is bringing people back. And it's kind of like zombies, almost. Like, they're not, they're dying, but they're coming back. So I, I think it's just the mystical forces that exist in uh, in Salem's lot. Yeah, they, you know something's going on because you see, like, when you when she was in the tomb, as I'm calling it. Yeah, clearly there's some sort of I don't want to say voodoo, but voodoo type voodoo. You know, it, stuff it makes going sense on. to yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think like I don't because we know Ace came back. I don't think he brought himself back. Like I think something else had something done possessed it. him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just gonna say it right now. It, it is kind of a prediction, but I mean, I think. Whatever is killing these people in the house is trying to possess them, trying to use their bodies as vessels to carry out whatever mission they want. Uh, because we see, like, you know, Ace Lore is this real estate agent, and it yeah. seems like they're going to kill her, and prob- she's probably going to come back, too. Yeah. So it's very interesting. And, like, I- I'm also just curious, because this house, up until this point, never seemed to really be on anybody's radar. No, until, so yeah. I'm wondering if it was recently awakened because Annie kind of disturbed the resting place. That's very, that's very possible. Because, yeah. I mean... I don't know if you noticed it, but it went from looking really run down, like, 
you know, where they, like they said, the druggies, they're the squatters mm-hmm. were there. Mm-hmm. And then when the real estate agent came, it was a lot cleaner and it looked like they had cleaned up. So, like, yeah. clearly something's going on. I don't know how much time has passed or what, but it looks like time something's has up. passed. Something's going on with this house. So, yeah. Yeah. So we'll just kind of see how that yeah. plays out. Uh, any final thoughts on episode three? I don't think so. I think we covered pretty much and everything, yeah. It's, it's an interesting just episode. a lot it's... in one episode. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. They're really giving us a lot, yeah. as this show does. All right, let's jump into some news. So uh, some of the news I... Oh, forgot about that. <laughs> uh, so... Lizzie Kaplan was TV Line's Performer of the Week for last week for her performance in the premiere. Uh, they they talked a lot about her performance, but they did say deliciously upsetting, uh, unsettling. Sorry, unsettling. Yeah, was t- two of the words they used. So yeah, so TV Line thinks that she did a very great performance and that she has a lot of different dimension to her character, which she does. She does. Yeah. So and I do agree, she's a little unsettling. So yeah, mm-hmm. but then yeah, that's the news I found this week for Castle Rock. Yeah. No, she's doing a great job so far. Yeah. Her, she, I feel like she's kind of having to be all over the place with yeah. her characters, though she's doing a really good job of taking us along that journey with her. Yeah. All right, everyone. It's time to go for a little hunt, an Easter egg hunt. And I'm going to turn it over to Katie, who found, found quite some Easter eggs for these two episodes. Yeah, so I'll say them real quickly here. Uh, in the third episode, they did when they were on Castle Lake. They mentioned the Warden of Shawshank mm-hmm. uh, and his death or his suicide. So that was a nod back to the first season, yeah. uh, and then also, obviously Castle Lake in, in general. Then um, when Ace comes back, he mentions that he was in Derry, which of course is the location in the movie It or book It. Um, but also when they were on the lake, it was a Stand By Me reference when they said, want to go search for a dead body, because in Stand By Me, it's oh, a plot yeah. point. And also uh, the role reversal between Annie and Joy. So in in the in Misery, she's, when she stalks the guy and kidnaps him, she's doing these sorts of things to him. So it was kind of like a role reversal type thing. And then in episode four, uh, oh wait, no, that was episode three. My bad, sorry. <laughs> episode two... We ha- uh, you're seeing her go through these like sewers type of things. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's kind of reminds you of Derry when they're the clowns are like, using, yeah, yeah it, when, when they're down it. there, yeah. yeah. And then obviously Marston House and then Pet Cemetery. It kind of has that vibe of like pets coming back to life, humans mm-hmm. coming back to life type of thing. Yeah. So yeah, the one Easter egg. I mean, other like I said, every time I see a dog, I think Cujo. But the one Easter egg that I also got was when Annie was tied up and she was covered in blood, trying to like cut herself out of the ropes. Yeah. That I felt like that was totally a nod to Gerald's game. Oh yeah. Which was like super disturbing. Oh my <laughs> gosh. But yeah, I think that was totally a nod to Gerald's game. So that was kind of the one I noticed, and I felt so proud. I was like, oh, I got that because <laughs> there are so many Easter eggs. It's and they're so nicely written, and that's kind of hard to catch all of them. But yes, correct. Let us know what. Easter Easter eggs you guys found. These were just a few that we found. I'm sure there are a lot more if you dig deeper and really analyze these episodes. So please let us know in the comments anything that you found. We would love to see how many Easter eggs we can really find in these episodes. But for right now, that is all the time we have. Katie, where can the fans find you? Not in Castle Rock, but on social media. You can find me at on Twitter and Instagram at KT underscore Christine or on other shows here at AfterBuzz. And you can find me, Veronica Valencia, on Twitter and Instagram at it's me, Veronica underscore V. Again, thank you so much for tuning into the Castle Rock After Show, and we will be back next week to cover episodes four and five. Bye, guys. Happy Halloween! Woo! 
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 